highlights, analysis, and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Canadian Brew House. Now, from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio, Oilers. 6.30 Chad. Lucic looking for Everly. Now McDavid walks in right circle. Back to Everly. One-timer score. And the Oilers just like that with a prompt reply. Three to one. Jordan Everly from McDavid and Lucic off the rush. Time, 5.29. That would turn out to be the game winner as the Oilers win the Hockeyville showdown in Vernon, British Columbia. 3-2 over the Los Angeles Kings. That was a big goal. The Kings put on a lot of pressure in the third period. They'd cut it to 2-1. to one. Then just 38 seconds, Everly 38 seconds later, Everly scored. The Oilers needed it because McNabb would get one more back for the Kings. Thanks a lot for tuning in. It is 10-14. The Canadian Brewhouse presenting Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Center along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. A lot to get to. Uh, Bob just updating there. Eero Pakarinen, according to Oilers head coach Todd McClellan, out at least a month. Looked like a leg injury for him. Brandon Davidson, who took a check to the head from Tanner Pearson. Pearson was ejected for that five-minute penalty as well. Davidson listed as day-to-day, so hopefully he is all right. Rob, first of all, we'll start with the big line, McDavid, Lucic, and Everly. I, I, I would hope as people can text 630-630 or call 780-496-0063. A little calmer about their productivity <laughs> and performance tonight. Well, I, I think what you saw out of them is what, you, what we had expected. We thought that the first game would be tough. McDavid would be so far further ahead than the other two. And he was, and, and they were slow to catch up. They, they weren't able to keep up in the play. Uh, they had a little rust on their hands, and, and nothing really came about from their game. Tonight, you could tell they were starting to, to read off them. They were starting to be able to find the, find the areas that they needed to be in. Everly made a couple of really nice plays. Lucic was much stronger on the forecheck, was able to get in front of the net, created diversions, and, and they were a very good line, and McDavid was outstanding. You know, he had the goal and an assist, and he probably should have had the other goal that they blew the whistle just before he scored on a delayed call. So that line was exactly how it needed to be, and they're still only going to get better. I mean, at the end of the day, they've played two games with each other. In some lines, it takes 10, 20, 30, 40 games. But uh, you saw what you want out of that line. You want a guy that drives the line of McDavid. You want a guy that creates uh, space out there in Lucic, and you got to want a guy that can finish like Everly. And all three of them did their job tonight. So the Oilers win it 3-2 and a strong performance in goal by Laurent Brassois who winds up with 30 saves. One of the L.A. goals uh, deflected in off Darnell Nurse's uh, leg as he was trying to clear the front of the net and a great shot by McNabb on the other one. The th- and we, we've seen in his brief NHL appearances over the last season and a little bit because he first came up late in the previous year, we've seen him be brilliant and we've seen him a couple times last year just look lost. He looked very comfortable, I thought, most of the night tonight. And there were a couple saves, Rob, including a couple late in the game, where they were good chances, but he made them he, he made them look like he made them look like relatively easy saves. Well, I, I think you said the word comfortable. He, he looked comfortable. He looked calm and net. Uh, when a goaltender is making acrobatic saves, he usually means that they were out of position and they had to fight to get back into it. Uh, Brassois didn't have to make those kind of saves. He was anticipating. He was in the right spot. He was uh, absorbing the puck, not giving up the rebound. And he made a couple big saves in the last minute and a half that uh, 
shows that he, he is taking strides forward. So uh, I, I believe that he will be a goalie in the minors this year. He'll play 50 games, 60 games, whatever they want out of him. And he'll continue to improve. He's got the goalie coach up here with the Oilers. They're going to give him stuff to work on. And eventually, he will be a, a National Hockey League goaler and ho- goalie and hopefully a starter for the Oilers. But I think he needs to play games. And we saw tonight that he's capable of playing this level. He just has to put it uh, the consistency to in, in the minors, find the consistency so that when he call, gets called up, he can play long stretches of games and not a guy that comes up and plays once every seven or eight. Laurent Brassois, the winning goalie, he's our fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Check out maauctions.com for industrial and automotive sale dates. You can text 630-630. Phone number is 780-496-0063. Ken in Calgary says, uh, why no pushback from our new bigger team? Two guys were injured and the goalie was run. No toughness from the Oilers. Well, the first injury uh, to Packerin, and I mean, there there was nothing that you would push back on. It was a, it was an accident. It wasn't uh, a, a play that was mean spirit or, or dirty. It just two players got tangled up. He went down. So there's nothing to push back on that. And the other one, Pearson, the guy that threw the hit that was an illegal check, was kicked out of the game. It's hard to get the guy if he's in the dressing room. So uh, to me, it's. The, the Oilers played a, a pretty good hockey game. They did the things they had to do. They stayed out of the penalty box, didn't take st- stupid penalties, and, and won a hockey game. So I don't know where you went pushback on this one. The Oilers, I mean, this is not going to be a team that's built on fighting. This is a team that's uh, you want that's heavy enough that they can battle in the games against the L.A.s, the Anaheims, the San Jose when they put their big guys out there. But it's not a team that's going to play like the Broad Street Bullies. This is a team that's going to be skilled, but they can play in the trenches. And I think you're seeing a little bit more of that throughout the preseason. All right, 780-496-0063. We got Larry on the line. Hey, Larry, thanks for calling. You bet. Um, good game tonight. Got the win. That's that's a positive. Um, just I was asking about uh, the PRV there. Just, you know, what's the best for PRV? Is, is it, you know, I mean, it'd be good for him to get number one minutes and stuff. And, and Kajuli there too, or, or however you pronounce that. What's yeah. the best for these guys to do this <laughs> well, year? You know? Okay, here, Larry. Here we go. We'll, we'll give you the pronunciation lesson first. Poliarvi. Don't get him confused with PRV. They used to Pugliarvi. be here. Poliarvi. And yeah, it's Kajula for sure. And 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 uh, he's been good. Uh, I'll put you on hold here so you can uh, you can listen to to the answer. I mean, Poliarvi, if he's on the team, um, he's probably the second line right winger. Um, well, it's funny with the names. <laughs> Every time someone we're still, said, yeah, we're still working. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna make me mess it up too. That's right. We're gonna call him JP. Just call him JP from now on. That's way easier. Uh, yeah, he's got to be a guy that's productive. That's got to play minutes. You can't have him up here playing on your fourth line. It's useless. You can't have him up here in a game out for three, in a game out for four, because that's not going to help. Is uh, his ability to become a better hockey player. So if he's not a guy that's going to play in your top nine, then he's going to go down to the minors and he's going to play big minutes down there. There's nothing wrong with a player starting his career in the minors. Nothing at all. He goes down to the minors, he plays 20, 23 minutes a night, plays on the power play, plays on their top two lines, learns how to play the North American game. And then when he comes up, he's ready. There's no no reason for the team to put him in unless they feel he's comfortable at playing at this level and being a contributor. We've seen spurts over his exhibition games that shows he's capable, but we haven't seen consistency, and that's 99% of young players 
don't have the consistency to play at this level. And the Oilers hopefully will be a bit stronger this year and they won't have to rush a young player in which they've done in the past because they've been weak hockey clubs. Uh, so right now, I don't think we've seen enough of him where he's going to automatically be a top nine forward. I think he's shown spurts, but I have, don't think we've seen a 60-minute effort where you're saying, all right, this guy has to play in the National Hockey League. All right, the Oilers win 3-2 over the Kings. More of your texts and phone calls, and we'll go back to Vernon, B.C. for some post-game reaction as well. Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Bill Ranford. 1990 Stanley Cup MVP on the bench tonight. Wrist shot racing in McDavid. That was stopped. Rebound. Another stop. And then another rebound. And McDavid puts it upstairs to make it 2-0. And the Oilers go on to win 3-2. McDavid and Eberle each with a goal and an assist. Back to Vernon. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Todd, a a bit of housekeeping just real quick. You had two players go down and exit the game. Do you have any sort of update on Well, I know Pacarinen's going to be a little little while with a lower body injury. A little while is, we'll call it a month, and then see what happens after that. And uh, Davey's still being assessed, and uh, we'll call it day-to-day right now until we get home. Uh, I thought it was dirty. I thought it was the right call, and it's unfortunate. Pac-Man just catch his foot on the boards or what? I mean, it wasn't a thundering hit or anything. I mean, um, you know what? I don't know yet. I haven't had a chance to read it. When it comes to the play of uh, Connor McDavid's line, uh, they liked some of the things that they were able to put together. As a coach watching that game, what did you like about them? Too? Well, I thought they took a step forward. Um, they created those type of opportunities. Uh, the last game they played, they just didn't finish. Tonight, there was a little more polish around the net. And, they're responsible defensively. Um, got to get them up and running on the power play, but you know, we had a chance to work, uh, basically spend one full practice on penalty kill, and it took a step forward. So we'll do the same with the power play over the next few days, and hopefully we'll improve in that area. Small town, Todd. Did it feel like a true NHL game, though, in a small? Yeah, it, it was a, a tremendous experience, for I'm sure, for both teams. I'm sure Daryl will tell you the same thing. Um, you know, to come and, and play in front of a passionate crowd like that and, no, we're doing it for a real good cause. Um, Lumley can uh, can now have uh, you know an improvement to their arena, and maybe there'll be a young kid five or six years from now from from that community or from here in in uh, Vernon that will play for one of our two teams in the craft hockey game somewhere. Down five defensemen for half a game is a good and a bad thing. I mean, at least you get a chance to see some of your other defensemen. Yeah, to it's you know, and, and LA plays a hard, heavy game, so they were worn out by the time the game was over. Um, you know, they they'll need a rest now, and but it is a good evaluating tool. Uh, when you get short, you want to see who can do what. And um, a guy like Matt Benning is, you know, he's into his second or third exhibition game now, and that's a lot of minutes for him to play. But uh, good for him to experience it. And those additional minutes for Matthew Benning and other defensemen are adjustment of the game tonight for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better with help from your chiropractor. Visit albertachiro.com. We'll break down the play of some of the defensemen when we get back as the Oilers beat the Los Angeles Kings 3-2 in Vernon, B.C. The Oilers are now 3-2 in the preseason after a 3-2 win over the Los Angeles Kings. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. It's 10-33. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Next action for the Oilers, Tuesday, Rogers Place, Anaheim Ducks, 5.30 face-off show on, show on Chad. The show will start at 
seven. Craig has texted in. Rob, he says, interested to get your thoughts on Yakupov and Versteeg. Bob Stoffer mentioned he thought Versteeg took a step back, but again, I didn't notice Yakupov doing anything out there. Seems to me that Versteeg is tougher on the puck and willing to do whatever it takes. That is from Craig. Uh Fair assessment, you know, very fair assessment. I think that Versteeg's first game that he played for those was very good. He stood out. Uh, the last couple, a little quieter, um, which is a little concerning because he's a guy that, without a contract, you would think you would really need to stand out. Uh, and Yakupov, not really noticeable tonight and getting good opportunities because he's uh, he was on all the power plays. Uh, he got double shifted a number of times when they lost Pacaranen. He's a guy that when he he wants the puck and he's just waiting for that puck to come, but he's not doing the little things to get himself the puck. There was a, a couple of great examples uh, where he seemed a little lost in his own zone. The, the Oilers have a set play off the faceoff. It was it was pretty easy to see when we watched it, and it was win the draw. It goes a rim hard around to him, and he was lost and he was watching the puck. And then he, by the time he realized the rim was coming around, it had gotten out past him to his defenseman, shot on net. So little things like that are what drives coaches crazy. And tonight he just it was a it was a a quiet quiet game for him and he's a guy that needs to fight to for a spot. You know, the Oilers right now are trying to decide they're going with three centermen with uh, down the middle with Nugent Hopkins, McDavid or Drysaitel or are they going to move Drysaitel to the wing? I honestly don't think <clears throat> I don't think that the Oilers have enough sets of wingers to go with three three centermen and the three strong centermen down the middle. And part of the problem is uh, a player like Yakupov hasn't shown enough to allow the Oilers to put a dry settle or a Nugent Hopkins as their third-line center enough to create. So Yakupov was a little quiet tonight, and it is not good because he's a guy that was already on the outs with this coaching staff and had to prove that he wanted to be able to, to be a top-six forward, and he hasn't shown it yet. All right, Oilers win 3-2, and i got to say a strong performance by Laurent Brassois in net 30 saves. Here he is. Uh, different feel to this game. It's Hockeyville, small-town crowd, kind of a junior feel like Jordan was saying. What was it like to play in this one? Um, to be honest, it was just like any other game. Um, I had a game plan, and I went out there, and I just uh, played my game. Can you personally assess your game tonight and how you felt everything? Um, yeah, I, I felt like I... A little bit nervous in the first, um, then I settled in. In the second, I felt good in the second and third. Um, you know, there's a couple of rebounds that I would have liked to tighten up, but um, I got the win, and, and that's all I care about. For a goalie that thrives on getting a bunch of starts in a row, uh, is it, what's the challenge for you in a preseason where you don't get to play every day? Um, it's just the challenge of being a backup in general. Um, you just got to find a way to focus, and, and that's what I'm doing uh, over the years, and um, I'm hoping that uh, you know that's a part of my repertoire now period yeah no it was um they they definitely poured it on in the third um and that's what la does in tight games like that they they find a way to get chances in front um put put bodies in front and and don't let me see uh and i was just lucky to have the boys uh clear out rebounds and and let me see most of them as much as the game was like you just approach it like another game did you feel the atmosphere in the morning skate even when they're with all the fans out there get a sense of how excited the community was? Yeah, even though it's a smaller uh, junior rank, it still felt like an NHL game. Um, just like you said, the excitement of the fans and uh, and, uh, and the town. So it was, it was cool to be a part of for sure. 
Laurent Brassois, here's what I'm guessing happens with him. He'll, it'll probably be announced tomorrow that he's assigned to Bakersfield. They hit the ice for training camp on Tuesday. That A2 Larkinen has already been assigned to the minors. That leaves Talbot and Gustafson in camp. I think it's pretty easy to do the math. Three games left, two for Talbot, one for Gustafson, and then you're into the regular season. Uh, it makes sense with the fact that the Oilers are going every second game or every second day with a game they're not doing back-to-back, which then maybe you would keep three goalies up and one could rotate out. Um, Or the other option, too, is keeping Brassois for a little bit longer so that they have a goaltender for practice for the guys that aren't playing. And that's always an option, too, because if you only keep two goalies and they're playing, they're not going to stay on extra for the guys that aren't playing, and you might want a goalie for them. So uh, Brassois will play in the minors to start the season. Uh, when they send him down is just I guess it's up to the coaching staff when they feel they need him down there. All right, ten thirty-eight. The Oilers beat the Los Angeles Kings three-two. Quick scoring summary here at nine thirty-two of the first. Yessi Pulyarve, long snapper, beating Jack Campbell. Slepeshev and Fraser had the helpers. McDavid from Benning and Eberly at three twenty-six of the second period. Brandon Davidson was hit uh, a check to the head, Tanner Pearson, with nine minutes left in the second period, five minutes and an ejection for Pearson. The Oilers did nothing, literally no shots on goal on the power play, and uh, L.A. worked their way back into the game. They scored at 4.51 of the third. Paul Ledoux from Carter just 58 seconds later. Eberle from McDavid and Lucic, and then uh, Braden McNabb, big uh, big snapper right up under the crossbar from Carter and Merch. That was it for the scoring. That was at 9.40. 32-26, the shots for the LA Kings. We want to talk a little bit about the defense. Uh, Davidson left halfway through the game. Let's start with Matthew Benning. Mm-hmm. And then I think he goes to the AHL, and I think he continues to be seasoned. He, to me, though, looks pretty intelligent and pretty confident. He does, and I, I think he's been a bit of a surprise. You know, the other sign, Peter Shirelli would have had uh, an idea about Benning. He drafted him. Uh and he's come in here and opened some eyes with the, his confidence to jump up in the play, the way that he moves the puck. He, he knows he's got very good offensive instincts and a huge bonus. He's a right-handed shot. Eventually, the Oilers would love to have a right-handed shot on their power play because they're, the three guys that are going to work the wall are all left-handed shots. And you, you want to have that right-handed guy to be able to make plays to and set up for one-timers. So Benning has been very good. Uh, Mark Fraser, I mean, look, he's he was signed, I think, for depth in the minors. Uh, nothing against he, how he played the night, but nope. he did he did what he does. He, he's a veteran presence that adds toughness to their minor league team. I did not think this was a good night for Darnell Nurse overall. It, it, it wasn't. He really fought the puck a, a number of times. Uh, poor decision-making when he had the puck on his stick, not moving it at the right time, moving it softly, moving it to the wrong areas. Uh, yeah, he, he struggled when the puck was on his stick tonight. So that that leaves Jordan Osterley and Eric Griba. Griba was an Oiler last year. He is not an Oiler this year. He's on a tryout. He does not have a contract. And Osterley got some games late in last season. You know, there there maybe to be. I mean, Osterley can send to the minors. Griba is either here or he's, or he's not. He is, but do you sign him to a, a slow one way and then you don't mind sending him to the minors if you feel that that's right. where he's going to be? And if he gets picked up, great, he gets picked up. If not, you got another veteran presence down there. It, it depends what the Oilers want as their extra demon. Do they want a guy like Osterley, moves the puck well, he can throw him on the power play if you have to, or do you want a little meanness, a little toughness in Griba for when you play against the, the LA Kings, the Anaheim Ducks, teams that are big, strong, and physical? 
there's no comparison when it comes to moving the puck and, and to skating ability. That's all in Osterley's favor. But when it comes to a little nastiness on a penalty kill, that's where Griva will be much more effective. So where does this leave Griffin Reinhardt on the defense depth chart now? Well, from what we've seen in the, in the preseason on the outside, uh, Griffin came in confident. And I, I don't know if it was you that I talked to him or Bob talked about the fact that he felt that it was his job. He just had to come in and, and play the way that he knew he could play. And well, that's great having that confidence. But he hasn't played well. He, he, he was beat a, a number of times in the Vancouver game beat by guys that are going to be playing either in the minors or junior. He hasn't been aggressive enough. He's Right now he's a, a jack-of-all-trades, but not strong at any in particular. And I, I don't know if he's shown enough so far in the preseason to be ahead of uh, a, a, a nurse, uh, an Osterley, even a Griba. Griba yeah. So I think that he will get one, probably two more exhibition games hoping and hoping that they would find something in his game that could allow him to stay here. But as of right now, if I'm ranking the defenseman, he doesn't rank in your top eight. Well, and now assuming Davidson is is healthy, we hope it is indeed just day-to-day, like Todd McClellan said after the game. He'll need more assessment. Obviously, he took a blow to the head, to the night, to blow to the head tonight from Pearson. And, and I'm, I, I'm just going to list them this way. I'm not, I don't want to get into debating the exact mm-hmm. pairings right now. But you have Clefbaum, Larson, Sekera, Fain, Nurse Davidson, assuming Davidson's ready for October 12th. And then to me, it's Griba Osterley competing for seven. Yep. And I mean, look, I, I don't want to overly pump this kid's tires, but Matthew Benning to me has made more positive plays in the preseason than, than Reinhardt has. Absolutely, yes. Uh, and no, I don't y- think they want to start him in the no, NHL. No, they but- don't. And you could, you could make a, a case that he's had a stronger preseason than both Osterley and, and Griba. I mean, he's... Agriba is different expectations. Different, different type player, absolutely. But when it comes to positive plays made on the ice, I mean, Benning has been very, very strong. Now, I don't think he needs to start up here. I think he needs seasoning in the minors, and he's going to get it. What, what Benning has been very good at is when the puck has been on his stick. He's got to learn how to play against men uh, down low in his own zone. You're defenseman. You must be able to defend. And I think you've seen... I've seen him a couple times... Uh, falling down or getting knocked off the puck and and that's just eventually learning how to play the guys that he's playing against now are 210, 220, 225 he was playing in college and they were still boys he's playing against men now and he'll have to learn but for everything I know about him as a player and everything that I've seen from him he's a quick learner and I believe at some point this season and we all know the injuries that go through, especially on defense. some point in this season, we will see Matt Benning play in a National Hockey League game for the Oilers. The Oilers win 3-2 over the Kings. We'll get to a couple of questions on the text line. It is Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. This is Overtime Open Line, brought to you by the Canadian Brewhouse. From the Terry Perinich Team Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Final score from Vernon, B.C., Edmonton Oilers 3, Los Angeles Kings 2. McDavid and Everly each had a goal and an assist. Joined by former NHLer Rob Brown as we take you through Overtime Open Line. It's 1048. Rob, I want to hit a couple texts here to 630-630. 
May says, well, here's a great question. Uh, do you think Yakupov will be traded before November? So that's in 29 days. Uh, I think there's a better chance of him getting waved to the minors than him getting traded. And Wes says, do you think Versteeg will be in the lineup opening night at Rogers Place? That's a tough one. I think you have to wait and see. Uh, you can play him three more times. Like yeah. you don't have to decide right now. Yeah, and I, I don't think I don't think I can make that decision yet. I th- I think that after the first game, he was probably an eighty percent chance of getting signed. I think after the last three, he's probably at thirty five forty. Because you got to. You think it's that low now? Well, is he outplayed? Uh, I mean, is he did he outplay Slepashev? Not tonight. Has so I mean if. But I don't I don't I don't know if they're going to put Slep in the NHL to start the year. I don't know. I mean, is Versteeg a better player than Slepashev? I mean, Slepashev's a draft pick. Is it worth having him go to the minors for what we've seen out of Versteeg so far? I will say yes to Wes's question. Just to give you him, think he will be in the I think Versteeg will wind up being in the on, on the lineup. I just in, think something will happen. And playing, that I, I think Kajula is a more interesting debate. I, I I like Kajula better than Versteeg. Really, I do. Now the thing is, the thing for me though is is the experience factor. We know Versteeg has played in a lot of NHL games, a lot of important NHL games. He's True. never been the star player on his team. True. And yes, there's questions about speed, consistency. Fair, fair enough. Like, I'm not pumping this guy up that he's going to come in and change the mm-hmm. fortunes of the whole team. Um, but I just think maybe they see a steadiness from him that they'll like. But it's also a steadiness that no other team in the NHL was going to give a contract to this sure. year. Oh, absolutely. So, yeah. So, no, I, I can't argue that. It's a crapshoot. I... I think I think without the emergence of Kajula that we've seen so far, I think it was a for sh- a for sure. But Kajula now has put himself in the mix. I don't think they were expecting him to play October twelfth. No, and he's been impressive, and we've we've seen intelligence from him. Yeah, absolutely. Even a couple times, little subtle passes mm-hmm. on, on the breakout, where it's like, oh, he recognized that was a better play to go backwards with the puck as opposed to chipping it out. And so, look, sometimes you have to chip it out, but then just tossing it back to the other team. He Kajula clearly sees things, but the thing about him, and Jack referenced this even when he interviewed him, okay, you used to play Friday and Saturday mm-hmm. in the NCAA. Can you play four and six sometimes you know no, and that's that's the that's the interesting part of the, of picking the it's, team right it's true but but what the coaching staff is going to look for is the little things i mean they, they've got their star players they got the guys they feel sure. are going to carry the team so they got to make sure that they have other guys they feel safe with and have a comfort level with putting them on the ice to make the right decisions he's done it so far but again uh they've yet to play an nhl team mm-hmm. and he's looked good you got to wait to see what he does in the last couple exhibition games to see what he does with against nhl competition because thus far he hasn't had to play against them. and me and you know what and the thing is too i mean it's not as if your opening day rosters your 82 game roster so absolutely right could you look at play seven games and be like, okay buddy like there's a little taste of it and or he could go to the minors to start with and come in in game 10 and play the last 72 games you just never know all right let's go back to vernon jordan eberly had a goal and an assist tonight one of your goals is to continue to build uh, some chemistry with some of your line mates, and it seemed like you uh, got some magic going tonight. What did you think about that? Uh, yeah, I mean, we, you know, we, even last game, I thought we had a lot of ozone uh, chances. We were playing in their end a lot, um, just couldn't find ways to get to the puck. Um, you know, both our goals are kind of on the rush today, so we still need to try and find a way to work each other's cycle. Uh, you know, having uh, Luch there, his big body is going to open up a lot of space, so we have to still try and. If we can find a way to get some offense in that, along with the stuff we're getting on the rush, you know, we'll be a, we'll be a good line. On the power play, a lot of chances on that late one, but what's missing so far? Um, you know, we're having troubles executing um, on the breakout, for one. Um, I mean, you got to give those guys credit, though. That's a good kill over there. Um, you know, I, I always found, you know, in, in preseason, uh, 
<clears throat> the uh, the PK trumps the PP just because they have to, you know, we have to make plays and they don't, you know, you're not as sharp. But, you know, that shouldn't be an excuse. You know, we're in game three. We still got to execute and get out there and make shots. So I like the way we finished. I, I liked how we uh, created some chances on the last one. But, I mean, obviously in that five-minute one, um, our team went into a bit of a lull for the last three minutes of that period and, and could that game could have slipped away from us. So, you know, I mean, that can't carry over into the regular season. Yeah, you know what? Um, you almost got a, got a piece of it. You got yeah, you know, the goalie made a good play. I think Connor was actually expecting it to come back to him. So, um, you know, he, he made a really good play to get by that D and, and uh, you know, give me a pass and, and give me a chance to score. So, um, you know, he was fine tonight. You know, even on his, uh, on the, obviously, Brandon Davidson went down, I think, on that one, too. I think he went in, too. But, um, you know, with his speed, he opens up so much, especially, like I said, on the rush. So, um, if you add that to, if we can try and create some stuff with Luch on the, with his big body in the in the uh, offensive zone, you know we're going to be a good threat. Talk about the experience uh, being here, and uh, I know it was only a day, but it seemed like a full day. Lots yep. going on, lots of excitement, and you guys uh, were part of it. Yeah, uh, we enjoyed it. Um, you know, we got here this morning, and uh, when we walked into to morning skate, there was there was a ton of fans greeting us, and and um, you know, obviously being from Canada and. Playing in the Western Hockey League, um, you know, going to these—I don't want to say small towns, but you know, teams that you know have these junior teams that are kind of like the celebrities here, and, and you, you get an NHL team. You know, I remember when I was a kid, if this happened, um, you know, your eyes would light up. So, um, you know, it was a great experience to you know give these fans a, a you know an NHL hockey game in their in their building, and, and um, you know, obviously the credit to them getting us here too. Did it have a different feel than just your garden variety? preseason game yeah you know I, I enjoyed it um kind of brought me back to my junior days um you know playing in in, uh, in front of those size crowds and and fans that really are passionate about hockey and, and love the game not saying that edmonton fans aren't by any means but um you know fans that are you know small town people and and uh you know that love love their team and, and love hockey so um you know it was a great atmosphere it was fun to play in front of and uh and i like i said it kind of brought you back a little bit <coughs> Jordan Eberle had a goal and an assist. So did Connor McDavid. Jesse Pugliarve scored other assists to Slepeshev, Fraser, Benning, Lucic. Text from John. Are you guys worried at all about Lucic? I know it's preseason, but he looks slow and disengaged. I am not worried. I, I'm not worried at all. I, they brought him in for a reason, and I, I, he, he is still capable of doing exactly what they brought him in to do. The Oilers win 3-2 over the Kings. The Edmonton Oil Kings losing tonight 5-2 to the Prince Albert Raiders. And if you missed it earlier, the Blue Jays beat the Red Sox. They host Baltimore in the wild card game on Tuesday. Rob will be at Rogers Place on Tuesday to see the Oilers take on Anaheim. We certainly will be. It should be a fun one. And bring everyone, bring your phones, and you can live stream the Blue Jays, and we can cheer for both. Both teams at the same time. We'll have the Oilers and Ducks 5.30 face-off show, 7 o'clock, drop of the puck here on 6.30, Chet. This has been Canadian Brewhouse Overtime Open Line from the Terry Peranich Team Broadcast Centre. Our studio producer tonight, Kellen Kennedy. Thanks for your hard work, Kellen. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Inside Sports tomorrow night at 6. I'll talk to you then.